0: You're thinking to yourself, this is probably way too late in the year to even be saying this, but Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year, right? Now you're thinking to yourself, oh, it's still January, give it to me, all right? Give it to me. How was yesterday? How was last week? Did you do anything? Did you? Said, don't have to answer. But think about it, right? what'd you do? What'd you do last week? Don't answer. You went to work, you went to school. Sometimes you had a whole lot of kids hanging around the house because they couldn't go to school. What are you going to do this week? Huh? You're going to go back to work. You're going to go back to school. What you going to do this year? We wrapped up 2023 a month ago, right? Come on. What would you do? How you went to work and you went to school. And you dealt with the family and you. You kind of went through the year. You may or may not have had high points. You may or may not have had low points. You tried to keep it in the middle. That's beautiful. That really is. That's nice. What you going to do this year? Yeah. Anybody make the resolutions? The New Year's resolutions. Oh, come on. Come on, Maria. You know everybody. People do. Yeah, people do. For some reason, 365 days of doing nothing culminates in a New Year's resolution for the next 365 days. <sighs> If you did make them, are they still going? Maybe, maybe not. Technically, there is a study that was done that said how long do these actually last? And it's just a little under four months. And then is back to what it was. Four months, it's like 3.8, what? you know. And there's a lot of them to get made, right? You got the popular ones, right? I'm gonna shed a few pounds, I'm gonna get back to the gym. I'm going to eat a little healthier. I'm going to put myself on a budget. I spent too much money last year. Very popular, very popular. And, and But at the same time, right, since we only last about four months, it's not our fault. It can't be our fault, right? Everybody fails, so it's not really our fault. Right, and, and we have reasons why. We got reasons. These aren't excuses. There's a lot of condemnation with an excuse. Don't, make, don't give me no excuses. Don't give me no excuses. But I can give you a reason. Right. Perspective. It's still the same. This is why I didn't do it. But a reason is much much less condemnation. If I give you a reason on why I didn't stick with it. Right? I mean, right? as we say, look, I'm going to start eating a little healthier. Right? So we start going to Whole Foods. That's a beautiful store, right? Or we go to Trader Joe's. Go to Trader Joe's. I'm gonna start shopping, eating healthier, right? I'm gonna get myself some organic food because I've heard that that's important. <laughs> okay? I go there for the fresh organic fruit. Gonna give me some organic chicken. I many vegetables. It's better for me, right? But then I end up walking out with a big bag of uh, dark chocolate bark, with uh, almonds, pretzels, and a little sea salt sprinkled on the top. And I don't have the organic chicken. I don't have it, I don't know. I I went in there with some good intentions. You go across the street to Kroger. Where are the vegetables? Right next to the bakery. Right next to the bakery. I can walk in there and I can go to the left Or I can go to the right. I'm right-handed. I have a tendency to lean. I have a tendency to lean because I'm going to end up with a carrot cake cupcake instead of a carrot. It's not my fault. It's just a reason. I'm right-handed. God made me right-handed. I got a tendency to lean that way. Or, Or we say I'm going to drop a few pounds, going to get back into the gym, right? Going to get back down to my fighting weight. I say I'm gonna go in the morning before work. Did I do for a couple times? I'm like, man, that's early. <laughs> man, my insomnia was kicking in last night. I did not sleep We're a hella beans. I can't get up, I can't get up, it's, I'm, I'm too tired. So you change it, you say, I'm gonna go in the evening. Oh man, you know how tired I am? If I was tired before work, I'm way too tired after work. <laughs> so then I say, I'm gonna go on the weekends. You kidding me? You know what stuff I gotta do on the weekends. Mmm. So those are all reasons, all right. That's just—it's not an excuse. <laughs> Who's gonna argue, right? So we change our our hashtags from fitness journey, right? Hashtag eating right. Hashtag only organic. And now I'm gonna start changing them to hashtag. Ain't gonna stick with it. <laughs> Hashtag, I ain't going. Hashtag, past the chocolate bark. <laughs> I'm just saying this, that's how it ends up, right? Our plans, our plans fall apart, right? We start off with good intentions and then they fall apart. We just don't stick to them, yeah. right? And like I said, we, we have reasons. And that's all fun, funny, right? my fitness journey made y'all laugh. But we wouldn't do that with God, would we? Whew, hold on, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have a reason, would we? Like, if he says, if he says, Chris, I want you to go here, I'm like, well, wow, you, you, know, you know I would, Normally I would, guy, but you're catching me at a bad time. So I I can't right now. I would love to, but I got a volleyball tournament to do. That's 12 hours sitting in the bleachers. I <sighs> hit me up next weekend. Oh, okay. So not the morning gym, but the evening gym, but you're still busy. You're still busy. Right, I got that thing to do. God says, "Why don't you go talk to them?" I'm like, I, "I don't know, him. God, I, I don't know." Newsflash, outside of the people who literally live under my roof, I didn't know a single one of you. Right. So I'm just saying, none of you, outside of family or friends, ever prior. Everybody here, you kind of talk to. Right? So, but you didn't know but we like to tell that to God because we say, I don't know what to say. What do you, what do you want me to say? Sometimes it's just like, hi. Simple. Because I'm telling you right now, if you actually are listening to somebody and the person actually knows you're legitimately listening to them and sincerely listening to them, oh, they'll tell you. They'll talk to you. So many people are dying to tell somebody What's going on? So God says, go talk to him, and you're like, man, I don't know if I could. I uh ooh, I, I, I don't know what I would do. How about this one? What if God says, Can you stand up for me? Can you can you just just stand up and say, I believe in God? Amen. I believe Jesus died for my sins. Amen. Can you do that, little Chris? Sometimes, though, we're like, and here I can. Heck, yeah. Because outside of, like, Kimberly being a little bit hostile, it's pretty good loving right here. Right? So I might say that. But out there, I may not. Right? And I got reasons, though. I got reasons. Um, or sometimes... I just say, Lord, I'm not comfortable standing up in that environment. I'm not comfortable standing up in that group. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Or sometimes we like to also we change it up a little bit, right? And we throw the word "yet" at the end of it. Yet is an awesome word because it's not final. It's not final. I can't do that yet the problem is yet in and of itself is not final but I would bet that most time it gets used is final Yet will never be met whatever the condition is it's not going to be met it's simply period you could leave those three letters off and put the period before it because it means the same but I feel better if I say yet because I'm not shutting the door on God. No, I'm just saying not, not yet. Not not yet. Um, I understand, right? It's just it's, it's my my conversations with God. It's not you guys and, and y'all are good. So, but, but let me ask you this. What if, what if I said that 2024 is your year? It is. Right? Why? Well, because you have breath. And it's here. Those two things alone means that it's yours. You're going to go through it. God willing, you're going to go through it. You're going to see people. You're going to see things. You're going to speak. So if I told you, you got a few things to do this year. And and, and what if I told you that some of those things are going to sound impossible? Beyond you. But what if I told you you can do it? The things that are impossible that you might not believe that you can do, I bet you you can. If you put your mind to it. And I would actually say, if you put your heart to it. You can do it, whatever it is. I don't care. Um, what if I told you you're more talented than you know? Cal plays the—he plays the keyboard so good. And, and Cal, <laughs> how many fingers? Cal, you got—you got the standard issue. Okay, I bet most people in here have ten. Just saying, right? You, you, you got what you need. Good Lord gave you what you need. Cal put in the time, and we benefit from it. Cal put in the work, we benefit from it. That's just, Cal did that. To God be the glory, but you get to reap the benefit by the beautiful music that comes out of that. You might be wondering, too. You might be thinking to yourself, you just walked into a Tony Robbins conference right now, and we're just going to pump you up with a motivational speech, and that is not my intent. My intent is actually just to make you think that what you can't do is okay because we got an advocate who really could do anything. We have an advocate. We have somebody that says, I got you. Can you... Uh, Juan, can you please put up Jeremiah? <sighs> Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you. Remember, I said this year's your year? We got a plan. We have a plan. It declares the Lord. Plans to what? Prosper you. Hallelujah. Oh my heavens. And not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Oh man, hold on. So this year, I got some plans. Yep. Each one of you got plans. You just got to receive them, they're already in place. Now you have to understand this is God, the creator of the universe, right? Spoke it into existence saying, Maria, I got plans for you. Auntie, Christine, got some plans for you. Robert, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep you too got plans for you Amen. and the plans to actually prosper you because we might think that this means rich and famous but that's not what it means Amen. what it does mean is blessed and receiving mercy and grace which the richest man in hell is still the richest man in hell I will take the poorest man in heaven over the richest man in hell. So it doesn't mean you're going to be rich and famous, right? Everyone here is not going to be rich. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I don't want to upset nobody. I don't want to bring you down and say, well, I guess 2024 ain't going to be that great of a year. But no, it is. It is because he said so. And you know the thing is also he doesn't say I know the plans I have for me. He says for you. You. They're not plans for him. He's God. Right. They're plans for you. Oh shoot. But I guess wonder why he has plans for me. I'll tell you why cuz he loves you. Yes, he loves you. Well, how does he love you? Well, He's got a father's love for you. Oh, yeah. You're his child. That's a that's a love, man. That is, that is. He has it for you. He's got plans for you. As a father, I had plans for all of my children. I got plans for all of my grandchildren. Cause I love them. I love them more than anything. Almost. Almost more than anything. They're they're a close second. And and, and the, the not harm, not to harm you, that's not that everything is going to be perfect. You're never going to find yourself in a storm. Nothing is ever going to go wrong. That's not what that means. And what it means, though, is that in those moments when life is throwing everything it has at you, and the winds are blowing and the waves are crashing and you're thinking to yourself, I will never make it out of it. He can say, yeah. Yeah, you can. Amen. Remember? Jesus says, I, I said, calm down and the waves calm down. The disciples got crazy. I was napping. And we can find peace in that. Now, let's just take a look, though, at some examples of arguments that might have been used or that were used concerning these plans, right? And the first argument is, nobody's going to listen to me. Nobody's going to listen to me. And not only will they not listen to me, but they're going to call me a liar and say, they don't believe me. They don't believe me. Well, let me set this picture for you. Moses was tending the flock of his father in law, right? He'd already been to Pharaoh's child, or, you know, adopted and, and into the house, and all of that. Just tending the flock. You know that whole burning bush thing, right? Exodus 4, 1, please. So God is talking to Moses about what he's got, about his plan. Moses answers, what if they don't believe me? Oh, you're in good company. If you don't think people are going to believe you, you're in good company. What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, Lord didn't tell you that. Lord did not appear to you in a burning bush and tell you to go back to Egypt and get my people. Didn't do it. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. But he, nope the next few verses all lay out what God says you tell them this God goes on to tell them all of the signs that he is going to use to give the people so they do believe Moses ain't done yet though Moses is not done yet. Uh, 410, please. One. Moses said to the Lord, I love this. Pardon your servant. Excuse me. You made a good case. It sounds good, but I'm not eloquent. I don't speak well. Same. This next one, this next sentence cracks me up. It does. It makes me laugh so much because he says, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past, nor since you've spoken to me. So nothing's happened. I'm the same, God, so nothing has happened. Oh, slow of speech and tongue. Oh, shoot. I love that, though. Moses, I'm the same old Moses. Ain't nothing changed. You've been talking to me, but nothing's changed. I couldn't speak then. Still can't speak now. I'm just a common, everyday shepherd tending the flock of my father. Eleven, please. Lord said, "I love this." Now, see, the Lord, the Lord, to a certain extent, is very patient. The Lord is very patient with His people. Be thankful for that. Lord says to him, "Who gave human beings their mouths?" Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not me? Is it not I, the Lord? Don't I do these things? So if we were to just take that to the next level, God had to kind of remind Moses, this ain't about you. Don't you think that I gave you your mouth, I gave you your tongue, I could probably give you the words to say, If you just listen to me and go. Now, I understand that everybody in here at this point would be, all right, God, I'm going. But not Moses. (laughs) Not Moses. Just had the reality check. Remember who I am? Aside from the fact that I'm literally talking to you from a burning bush. (laughs) So... Aside from that simple fact, Moses says, um, another one of those pardon me. Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send somebody else. I don't want to do this. We're not even going to go into Moses' reasons or Moses' rationale. Because remember, he said, look, i uh, it's not me. I, I don't speak well. well. Don't I give you your mouth? Don't you think I can give you the words to say? To, uh, pff, truth. This is the truth. I don't want to. Oh, shoot. This is Moses. Moses? People from Israel? Excuse me, Israel from... This is Moses, plagues, let my people go, Red Sea, Moses, Ten Commandments twice, Moses. Oh, he didn't, he didn't start out though, huh? He didn't. He didn't. He didn't start off as a Bible thumping preacher. In fact, he tried very hard. Don't make me do this. I don't wanna send somebody else. I'm sure you've got somebody else that you could send. <sighs> 14, please. Lord's done. Lord is done. So I said, you'd be thankful that he has some patience, but you understand that he, every, everybody's patience is limited, or has a limit, and God too. Because right here we got, then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, what about your brother Aaron? You're not off, you're not off the hook, Moses, but I'm going to send somebody with you. And he's on his way to see you. God knows what our limitations are. Heaven's the Betsy, he gave them to you. Yeah, amen. Your limitation is not a limit of God's power. No, no, no. What it is is to actually say, you know something, I knew that sucker, but never, he couldn't talk. But now look at him. He's talking to the king of Egypt or, you know, the pharaoh. He is talking to the leader of Egypt. Oh, so God knows about it. Yeah, and thank heavens he's above them. And then we go back to Jeremiah. We go back to Jeremiah and he says, I know know plans I have for you. Well, let's think about this for a second, can we? Before Moses was born, Pharaoh got nervous about the Israelites and they were getting so big and so many people and so populous that he says, I'm going to kill all the men, kill all the male babies, right? Moses is born. Mom hides him. till he gets too old, what was she thinking putting him in the Nile? What baby are you going to stick into a little reed basket and stick him down the river? Oh, on the off chance that somebody catches him. Oh, is it really an off chance or is a plan? Hey, you, you, you figured that out. So Moses had a plan literally starting before he was born because Pharaoh had said, kill all the boys. Moses was a boy. So he had a plan that was actually started long before he did. Oh, okay. Hmm, Plan put into motion early. He just had to receive it. He just had to act on it. Huh? So many people played a part in that plan too. His mom, the midwives, who actually didn't do what Pharaoh had told them to do. You got midwives who said, "Oh, phew, yeah, geez, Pharaoh. I know you said I was to kill all the baby boys, but these these Hebrew women are having babies without actually even telling us right there. So we're not. We're catching up. Right. No." Stuck in a reed basket, floated down the river. Pharaoh's daughter comes to come take a bath in the river. Oh, but who happens to be there as well? Whenever she finds the basket, opens up the basket, there's a the little baby. Moses' sister. Yeah. And what does she say? Hey, I know somebody that can nurse the baby because she's hungry. Moses is hungry. Just a plan. Just a plan. Different pieces put into motion. Moses, he must have forgot all that. He must have forgot how he was actually even there tending flock. Huh. Huh, okay, okay. How about this one? How about this reason? Another reason we said we can't do it, right, is because I am not properly equipped Most projects I have, I need to probably go buy something so that I can be properly equipped to tackle this project. My photography, I need to always be properly equipped. Always. Because I'm not properly equipped. I don't have the tools to get it done. What I want to get done, I can't get done. We can't possibly get done with what I got. Because what I got isn't going to measure up. I need more. I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more. Now let's look at somebody else who might not have looked like they were really equipped when their moment came. Okay? And uh, they weren't equipped with what the world sees. But they were equipped with what they needed. And there's a difference. There's a difference in that. Okay. Now, David, Israel was at war with the Philistines. David wasn't in the army. David was the youngest. Wasn't in the army, but his older brothers were. For 40 days, this one Philistine had come out and said, Whoever can beat me. It'll be over. If you beat me, surrender. But if I beat you, you surrender. Whole army. Saul was the king. How many people stepped up and said, I'll take that challenge, I'll tell you what, it was a grand total of zero. David gets sent by his dad, go bring some food to your brothers. And find out how things are going. All right? Remember, David leaves the flock with some other of his shepherds. So I got to go. All right. Gets there, and he's talking to his brothers. About this time, Goliath comes out, day number 41. All right? If you read, It says that uh, when he stepped out to talk, the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. These are soldiers. And I'm not saying they were all chickens. These were soldiers who were actually battle-hardened. There might have been some rookies, but there were some veterans. And they all ran. Because that's how imposing Goliath was. And then I would also, let me just ask you this. Is it possible also that that wasn't the plan? None of you in this army are going to take out Goliath. None of you. Now you can flee because you're afraid. That's fine. David. David's asking. He's like, "I don't believe it. this. is crazy. This is nuts. I don't. You know, why are we letting this man? Why are we letting this Goliath, this Philistine, talk?" His brothers yell at him. And he's like, "What have I done? I haven't done nothing." Saul overhears it. Right. Gets back to Saul that there's this kid who's uh, not really taking too kindly to the way that this Philistine's actually talking. Because the Philistine was also calling out God. If you're God's people, where's your God? Ooh, David took offense by that. Now, they not now, remember, Israel, God's chosen people. None of them wanted to take offense by it, though, because they were afraid. And that's fine. Fear is not bad. But you really should try to temper it with faith. Okay? Saul calls him and says, David, come over to me. Go get, go get this kid and let him. I'm going to talk to him. David, you're a shepherd. He's been a warrior trained in battle since he was a little kid. I look at the size of him. Oh, you're just a shepherd. You don't have what it takes, you have no weapons. Look at his armor. Nobody can even pick up his staff, his spear. Nobody can do that. What do you got? You got a tunic. But if you want to go ahead and do it, I'm going to let you. But I should probably equip you. So he tries to equip him. What fits? Nothing. But this is what you need. Oh, wait. The world's saying... Puts on the armor, doesn't fit, he can't move. (laughs) It's not going to work. But you don't have what you need. Except for David had faith that was not recognized by everybody else. Then he took up his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones. Actually, four were extra because he only needed the one. Picked up five rocks. Going to go battle a giant. A giant who's standing there in his armor, his spear, and his helmet, and his chest plate. Probably a big shield. Monster sword. And you got five rocks, David. You got five rocks and you are going to go? First of all, I will have to give credit to Saul. Because first of all, if, if David goes out there. This is before Saul went crazy. Before, If David goes out there and battles And loses, it could be argued that we lose. It could be argued. It's almost kind of like the plan said David's going to do it. Your whole army, tens of thousands of soldiers out there. This isn't for you. This isn't for you. This is for David. Because why? Because this is such a lopsided battle. The only way David could win is if I'm with him, which is as an example to you today. Amen. Amen. We all know how it ends. Right? Put his five stones into his pouch on his shepherd's bag. With his sling in his hand, and he approached this Philistine. We know how it ends. He runs toward the Philistine... with one of his five stones, Goliath, with all of his training, with all of his armor, with all of his weapons, was killed by a shepherd with a rock. But he was actually killed by a shepherd doing the Lord's will because that was the plan, and he did it with a rock. There's a difference. Just because you don't think you have what you need, you don't think that what you have are the right tools, the right weapon for the battle? Yeah. Be thankful. Because if you think you've got it, chances are you don't. Amen. Amen. Chances are you don't. But you know something? It just actually means you don't know what the right tool is. Quit looking past what you've got. And pick up what he's got for you. Amen. God makes the ordinary extraordinary. Yeah. Right? when we have the faith to receive that power. When we have that faith, he takes what we got. He gave it to you. For a plan that was set up long before you were ever born, I would even venture a guess, a suggestion to say it was set right after he said, let there be light. Or actually when he said, I will name you. You were put into motion. Your plan for today, for this afternoon, for the lions it's almost biblical (laughs) and remember what I said though what David had he had a faith he just said I don't think you should talk about my God like that not only should you not talk about your God but I'm going to stand up David you don't have nothing to stand up I got my faith I'm going to stand on my faith I want to stand on the faith that the God will not, will not leave me. Will not, not going to forsake me. He's not going to leave me to be killed this day. Amen. Hmm. The army's afraid. They got all the weapons of war. <laughs> you know, David used a common stone to kill a giant. You know, there's a lot of other common folk, just to let you know, there's a lot of common folk in the Bible. There are very few people that I have found, not being a biblical scholar, who started off absolutely top of the game. I haven't seen nobody, I mean... you There might might be somebody, but I don't know of anybody who actually starts off at the top of their game. In fact, I know that there's a lot of people who started off at the top of their game and then went down to the bottom. Right, Right, so how about this one? Maybe you don't have that formal education. Remember, I said I'm not a biblical scholar. So maybe you don't don't have that formal education. You did not go to seminary, you did not study. Oh, okay, so I don't know enough. That's probably why. I don't want to do what I. I don't want to do what God says I should do because, well, God. (laughs) Don't tell Mark. (laughs) Oh man. (sighs) If I don't know enough word, well. Amos was a prophet got a whole book wrote a whole book Amos was a prophet and he was prophesying against Israel and the king now the high priest went to the king and told him about Amos's prophecies this was the guy who was the high priest he was the one who went seminary he knew the law and he went to the king and said, Amos is saying a lot that that ain't good. He was the educated one. Amos 7.12, please. Then Amaziah, Amaziah said to Amos, get out you seer. Go back to the land of Judah. Earn your bread there and do your prophesying there. I don't want what you're saying here. No point does he ever say you're wrong. So I'm thinking that maybe he might have had just an inkling. Like what he's saying, and I'm the educated one, so I am going to expel you. And I've already told the king. Next one, please. One. Thank you. Amos answered, I was neither a prophet. Nor the son of a prophet. I was a shepherd and I also took care of the sycamore fig trees. I'm not educated in the law like you. I don't profess to be. But what I do have is I have something that God has laid on my heart that I must say. I have to say this. No formal education. Not a pastor, that's okay. God still has a plan for you. God doesn't look for your credentials. Because actually, I hate to be the one to break this to you. Credentials are given by man. I mean, I, I got credentials for school. Um... Really, just because you paid a lot of money, sat in class for a long time, right? And now I got credentials. So it's not about credentials. Don't ever think that you don't know. You're sitting here one Sunday, you're ready to go out. You're sitting here two Sundays, you darn sure better be out. You're sitting here for 14 years, Hmm. Throwing that out there. God will take us exactly as we are right now. All you have to do is say, I'm done fighting you. I'm done done arguing with you. You have to mean it. Because he's also going to know if you don't. But you have to at least mean it. But then he says, all right. Now I have something to work with. Well maybe, maybe just this whole concept makes me afraid. I'm nervous, and there's no shame with that. Fear is good. As long as we temper that faith or that fear with faith and confidence in God. Jeremiah 1, please. Jeremiah 1 5. Before I formed you in the womb, there we go. Got another plan. This is just another reference. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Every one of you set apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Before I was formed in the womb, I had a job. (laughs) Just saying, that's not me, that's this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I set you apart. I appointed you. What are you appointed for? I'm not saying your appointment is, is Jeremiah's appointment but just know you got one. Yeah, yeah. Know that you have one. Might want to call it, we can call it like the, a calling. Okay, so hold on a second. There's this big bug up on this thing. So I'm going to set the bug right there. Number six, uh, six, please. This is Jeremiah, the last sovereign Lord. I said, I do not know how to speak. Speaking really seems to be a struggle for a lot of people in the Bible. I'm too young. I'm not real old. I'm young. It's It's like a curse of youthfulness. Seven, please. (laughs) But the Lord said to me, do not say you're too young. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Quit giving me your reasons. Quit giving me your reasons. You better do what I say to do. Eight. Do not be afraid of them. for I am with you and will rescue you declares the Lord Amen. declare that's it End of the, that's wrap at this point we're done when, I, when the Lord declares it it's done Jeremiah didn't think he was old enough to be a prophet couldn't speak nothing special but God had set that plan in motion before you were born I set you apart I already gave you a job, you have it. Receive it. And I'm telling you, God's got a plan for you. It's been set in motion since the beginning. Not just when you were born, not just when you were born to whoever your parents were, not just whenever you graduated high school or college or got your first job. Before that. Before that. You were set apart for something, receive it. If nothing else, aren't you at least curious what it is? I don't even know. But I know it's there. You know, uh, talk about like the the great commission. But you know what a commission is? A commission is uh, a task that is entrusted to one as an agent for another. You have a task that is entrusted to you as an agent. God, that's what you have. Okay, I got this one. If you aren't buying all the other ones, I know you're going to feel this one. I've done way too much. You don't know what I've done. I've done too much. I, I, I couldn't do this. I'm not worthy. God can't use me. He can't. If he knew what I've done, there's no way. Well, a couple of things. First and foremost, he already knows what you did. And at no point in his plan, scripture that I failed to find, where it said, I have a plan for you as long as you don't screw up. I've never heard that part at the end of it. Never read it. I could be wrong. Never says that. Oh, so oh, you're born in iniquity and sin and and He still got a plan for you. Amen. Still got that plan for you, right? So now Stephen was called before the Sanhedrin, right? That's the Jewish court. And they got they got they, 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 they covered all the bases. They got religious jurisdiction. They got civil jurisdiction. They got criminal jurisdiction. You get called before the Sanhedrin, they got you coming and going. They don't matter. Now they don't like what Stephen is saying about Jesus, right? The Jewish people, they didn't like that whole thing about the crucified him. So they got people to lie about him. They This is the court. In their mind, they're God's court. They're God's court. But they actually paid people to come in, lie about Stephen, make false testimony against him. And then they had the audacity to say, Stephen, are these charges true? Stephen goes up one side and down the other with them. Talking, you know that these are not true. You know what I'm saying is true and what you're saying is not true, but. So the Sanhedrin grabbed him because they didn't like what he had said, calling him out. And in their religious fury, Never noticing the fact that you lied and paid people to lie about him. Nope, 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 nope. But my religious fury was unleashed. And they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. Now, Saul did a lot in the name of religion. Yeah. Saul was a member of the Sanhedrin. He, he we can read where he says, I got all the credentials that you want. Right. That was after the road to Damascus, but he was just letting them know, hey, I am. But to me, standing by While you know an innocent man is being stoned to death in the name of God, murdered, that's cold-blooded kind of bad right there. That's a cold-blooded kind of bad that I'm going to venture a guess that ain't none of you at. Not a single one of you, and I'm thankful. Because he stood there while they stoned an innocent man. He knew he was innocent. He just watched. Saul had a level of cold until he had the road to Damascus and then Saul went on, saw the light, literally. So what we believe is nothing special. God makes special. What we see is common. God makes exceptional. Trivial, insignificant, irrelevant. God makes meaningful, valuable, and important. Stop making excuses. Stop giving reasons. Stop giving reasons. Stop waiting for yet, because it's already happened. It's already there. We need to look past where we are. We need to look past what we think we are. We need to look beyond. And let God move. I know, look, Chris, I'm old. I'm old. Well, eh, you know, Abraham kind of started having a big old family when he was old. I don't like to talk to people, man. I'm I get nervous, I get tongue-tied, I can't talk. Hey, eh, you know something? I might find out one or two people that had the same complaint. I'm just regular. There's nothing special about me. Well, yeah, I know a little virgin girl who gave birth to the son of God. She wasn't a queen. She wasn't a princess. She was a, she was going be a <laughs> carpenter's wife, right? just she was just, she, he was just tradesman. Right. So tell me again how you're coming, and might not or you, or you can't talk, you don't think you have the right words, but maybe all of the junk that we go through. Makes us uniquely qualified to help somebody else. Amen. Uniquely qualified. What makes us common, I got all these problems, puts us in a unique position. Amen. Puts us in a unique position. Common makes me unique. Feeling sick? Me too. Lose a job? Oh, me too. Kids gone crazy, mm-hmm, broke, yep, but my commonality and my commonness with you is that I'm also uniquely qualified to tell you, lost a job six months, boy, that really sucked. But I got a new job. It wasn't even the job that I thought I was going to get. It wasn't the job that I was qualified for. Literally wasn't. In fact, my first resume I went sent to them, they sent me an email back. I said, Chris, we have no idea what you actually said here, but can you explain it? <laughs> huh. That's true. So tell me again how you've been out of work. I've been there. You are not what has happened to you. You're not. You're just so much more than that. And to limit yourself is actually me limiting myself to an earthly situation or an earthly condition really kind of doesn't do justice to my heavenly father. Doesn't do justice to him. And I don't care what what you think you are. Doesn't matter to me. I don't, because what I know is that you're a child of the one true and living God. You're not a history. You are, but you're not. It's just yes, we all have things, but don't forget who your father is. Amen. I've had to pick my children up a time or two sorry guys because I'm the father it's my job they drive me bonkers they drive me nuts they frustrate me they test my patience but that's my babies I can't I can't I can't not help I'm frustrated that I got to and you're going to listen to me when I get you but don't think I'm going to help in silence but don't think God is either. Right. Amen. I'm just saying, I'm not gonna hold him into a higher standard, right? Because I know I'm more when I have to hit you. I'm not saying God runs his mouth, but he's gonna say something. Right. Amen. The one who spoke creation into existence says, "You're mine, and I got a plan for you." Amen. And I don't know what your plan is. I barely know what my plan is day to day. That's why I start off in the morning by saying, God, hey, thanks for waking me up. Yep. I have no idea what my plan is for today. Don't even ask me about tomorrow, and heaven help me for Wednesday. <laughs> I don't know, but I do know that he does. Amen. So, you know, um, there's nothing that says that your plan is not going to be hard. It doesn't say that, right? And I'm not even going to tell you that what your plan is by the perception or the perspective of the world is that it's actually a good gig. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to tell you it's going to give you all your wishes. But I will tell you it'll give you all your blessings. There's a difference. There's a difference between wishes and blessings. And trust me, in the long run, you really want your blessings. You really want your blessings. But that's for another day. Might not be easy, but you don't have to go through it alone. Everybody is uniquely common. And on top of everybody, you always got God. Amen. Living to the potential that God has placed in each of us isn't easy. It's not easy. But living without God is impossible because you're going to die. Amen. Jesus took the keys. Toss you in there. Second Samuel please. One, thank you. I didn't give you that one? Oh my heavens. Second Samuel seven, eight and nine, please. 7 verse 8 and 9 because this is this is a good word right here because at the end now then, tell my servant David this is what the Lord Almighty says I took you from the pasture oh you were common I took you from the pasture I took you from tending the flock oh you didn't really have much going on but I took you from tending the flock And I appointed you ruler over my people, Israel. Eight, next, please. Nine. I have been with you wherever you have gone. And if you read about David, he was everywhere. And most of the time he was being chased. Wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies. You're here today because I cut off your enemies. Doesn't mean you weren't in a Bible. But you're here today. Now, I will make your name great. I'm a common shepherd. But a lot of people know about David. Amen. Like the names of the greatest men on earth. We're sanctified, set apart, with a plan. Don't let what we know keep us from what he knows. remember the one who is in you is greater than the one who is out there don't limit your plans with what you know and what you feel and what you have all you got to do is receive the plan from the one who is limitless i'm out